0: Well, we are today starting part three of a series just called I Am. And, uh, and uh, I, I'm really excited about this. This is gonna take us all the way to Easter. And so, so glad that you came here today to, to catch this. But I, right now, I want you to help me welcome our very special guest at Valley of Grace, all the men at Valley of Grace. Hey, we, we just wanna welcome you. Come on, New Life Church. Help me welcome all the men at Valley of Grace. Hey guys, we believe in you, we're still praying for you. So glad to have you joining us on Sunday mornings throughout this series. And uh, the last two weeks is what it's looked like. We've, first, we talked about Jesus' I am statement where he said, I am the bread of life. And then his the second one, I am the light of the world. Now Jesus makes seven of these, seven of these I am statements in the Gospel of John. And in doing so, you, you, we can find out a little bit more about who Jesus is when we just listen to him tell us who he is. And so these I am statements are powerful statements, and we talked about Jesus' oh, I am statement when, when the, you know, he even, he even said, even before Abraham was, I am, and then they picked up stones to stone him, because essentially Jesus was saying, I am God. And that was blasphemous to them, and so, But he goes throughout the book of John, he makes these seven I am statements. So first we start off with, I am the bread of life, and uh, we talked about bread in the wilderness, the bread that multiplied, and ultimately, the bread of life. And we'll actually kind of see how some of these items, some of these I am statements kind of like intermingle with each other throughout the other ones. And so we'll hear a little bit more about this bread today. our next statement and then we talked about where jesus said i am the light of the world just last week we talked about the feast of tabernacles and 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 how jesus when he made this i am statement that i am the light of the world we talked a little bit about what was going on at the very time remember it was the last and greatest day of this party and there's they had they had these large candles lit and they're singing rejoice and, and and uh Hosanna, Lord, save us. They're believing for the Messiah and he stands up there and says, I'm the one you're looking for and I am the light of the world. Well, today, our next I am statement is is Jesus says in John 10, he says, I am the door. Did you know he's a door? He's a door. And you're like, wow, our God is a door. That's really interesting. Well, well, let's take a look at it. In John chapter 10, this is what it says, uh, ESV version. It says, truly I tell you, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. In a different version, in the NIV, which is where I, I usually read from, it starts off by saying, truly I tell you Pharisees, anyone who comes in except to the door is a thief. So he, Jesus is even kind of addressing false teachers that teach by another way. They're not. They're not using the door. They're climbing in. And so the picture here, if, if you can picture it, uh, uh, because this week's message, I am the door, and next week's message go right together, because we're going to actually be in the same chapter of John. We're going to be in John chapter ten, and uh, and and so uh, next week the, you'll you'll kind of hear how these two are are kind of. One big message separated in two parts, a door and next week. You can probably figure it out, but I don't want to say it. I want you to come back. All right? And uh, so this is Jesus. And, he's, and now imagine, we're, we, we see, I want you to kind of envision sheep in a pen and, there, and, and thieves climbing in over in other ways, but there's a door, and the door is the way, okay? Uh, um, it goes on, it says, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And it is believed that in, uh, in, the, in this early first century, that, and we, I think we've even seen it still today in, in places, that sheep know their shepherd's voice. I saw a video one time of, uh, there was a, a Sheep grazing in a pasture. And, um, and a shepherd comes and uh, calls the sheep and they don't move. And then like the, the real shepherd of this particular flock comes and he makes this kind of like yodeling kind of call and the sheep came running because they're familiar with their shepherd's voice. So the sheep hear his voice and he calls uh, his own sheep by name and leads them out. It's believed that shepherds had specific names For every sheep. It says uh, when he brought them out all his own. He goes before them. And the sheep follow him. And they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow. But they will flee from him. For they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them. But they didn't understand what he was saying to them. So, So Jesus again said to them. Truly, truly I say to you. I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep do not listen to them. Why? I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came that that uh that they may have life and have it abundantly jesus says i am the door and uh when we read scripture something my mentor taught me so well was the how to read scripture like a hebrew because hebrew people always think function And all of us would be Greek people here, I would imagine today, we all think form. So when I say to you, uh, Jesus said, I am the door, what did you just picture in your mind? I'll tell you what I picture, a door. (laughs) And I see it, and it's like an old school door with like the porcelain handle and like the old school keyhole. Uh, you know, like a big keyhole-looking, I see, I see a door. But Hebrew people think form, which is what does a door do? What is, its, what is its function? So we think form. I'm sorry, they think function. We think form. So they think, what does a door do? Well, I, I think about how um, this one time, I, I grew up one of four brothers. Um, and so I learned how to fight early, just to be real. I had an older brother. I had two younger brothers. I learned how to fight, and I, I hated fighting. I always said I'm a lover, not a fighter. But it, it was, you know, you had to survive. And I remember this one particular day. Uh, my younger brother, his name is Bryce. Uh, Bryce now lives in Wisconsin. He's a cheesehead, and uh, you know what he, you know what he does for a living. He makes cheese. They cut cheese. I'm not even joking. But anyway, my brother Bryce. Uh, Uh, There was a point in his life to me that I found him just to be Really annoying And uh, there was something he was doing on this particular day that was just really irritating me and uh, In my immaturity something just I just I just I, I just had it And he did something he threw something or said something to me. I just remember my neck snapped around and I was a different person and he saw the look in my eyes and he kind of went like, braced himself. And he took off running, to which my immediate response was to go after him. And I chased him, we, we, had, one of the, we had a home where there was like a kitchen, living room, uh, a study, and then a formal dining room, but it all made a circle. So I'm chasing him around the circle of the house, in and out all of the different doorways and then he turns the corner and heads upstairs And i know he's going for his room because he can close the door and so i chase him up the stairs i turn the corner and i see him doing like doing one of these he's in his room he's trying to close the door because what did the door mean the door meant protection and he and he goes and tries to slam the door so when, So when I think Jesus says I am the door, the door is protection. It's a form of protection. Interestingly, as I studied this years ago, I learned that shepherds at night would build pens for their sheep. Because sheep are really stupid and they'll just wander off. They would build a pen for their sheep and there would be a doorway for the sheep to enter in and out. And to protect the flock, the shepherd would lay in the door and sleep at night, so that no predator could enter in except through that way. And the shepherd would be able to stop a predator, an enemy, or a thief, because the the shepherd would sleep in the door. And Jesus says, I'm the door. And the door is protection. And it's also important that, like it says in James, that you don't give the enemy a foothold. And when I think about foothold, I think about this story of when I chased Bryce up the stairs and he tried to close that door on me because he knew if he could get the door closed, he could keep me out. Except one problem. As I saw that door closing, I ran like those long jump track runners And I jumped, and I stuck my foot in between the door and the door frame. Because I knew, once that door closed, I wasn't getting in. But if I could get a foothold, then I could get an arm, and I could leverage my shoulder into that thing, I'm getting in. And I'm beating your butt. And, and that's essentially, I got my foot in, and I, I made entry, and I got grounded. That's, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Don't give the enemy a foothold. When we give the enemy a foothold in our life through temptation, through sin, destructive behaviors, he has leverage on us. And you, you see this, and what is, what is the enemy in this picture? He does three things. He only wants to make entry to do one of three things. To kill, to steal, and destroy. Don't give the devil a foothold. But Jesus says, listen, I know that you're just a lamb. I I know that you don't have it all going on up here sometimes. But if you stay in my sheepfold, I'm the door. And I'll be your protection. This is what it says in Psalm chapter 3. It says, but you, Lord are a shield around me. I lay down in sleep, and I wake again, because the Lord sustains me. Think of it like this. I lay down in sleep, and I can sleep at night, knowing that you're the door. That when I'm asleep at night, and in my, and in, a, when, in other words, when I'm in a vulnerable state, an animal asleep at night in pasture, when I'm in my most vulnerable state, I can sleep and I wake up because you're the door. You're my protection. You are a shield around me. And people live sometimes their entire life vulnerable, exposed, and they don't rest at night. In other words, they lie and worry about their life. They live in anxiety, they don't have a door on their life they don't have a protector and so they are suspicious they're anxious and afraid for good reason because they've been attacked because enemies come to kill steal and destroy and if you're if if for a predator in the wilderness there's no better target than the unprotected they, don't go, they go after the one that's wandered off. The easy targets. And David says, but you, Lord, are a shield around me. I rest well. In other words, I have peace in my life. And you can have that kind of peace in your life. Just get a door. <laughs> get a door. Would you, If you had to lay in bed at night tonight with no front door, how well would you sleep? And you have, your, you, have all, you have life's valuables in there. Your family is in there. All of your belongings are in there. Your life is in your home, and you don't have a door. And you're unprotected, and you're an easy target. Some people, um, if, you're, if you're a thief right now listening to this, just don't listen. Some people put those, this house is protected by security system signs but they don't really have one. Because it's the idea that there is a protector at this house. Um, uh, we have an alarm on our house. And there's just something about when you set that alarm at night, and it goes, and it, go, and it says, armed. There's just something that you can just know that somebody is looking over you. Now when that 1-800 number calls me at night, <laughs> uh, it's kind of worrisome. Uh, the first call, when something happens actually at our church, uh, the first person that gets called by the security company is, is me. And uh, when I see that number, and it's 11 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the morning, I get a little worrisome. And so uh, and then I come over here and meet the Kokomo Police Department, and we figure out what happened. Uh, and it happens from time to time. But there's just that peace to know that there is security in jesus that that even when you don't know it when you're sleeping at night he is your protector a sh- the shield around you i wouldn't want to live any other way i've lived in the other way i've tried to be the sheep out on my own and i know what it is to worry and have anxiety But how good is it to know that he is our protector? Jesus says, I am the door. What else is a door? Well, there's many doors. For instance, there's many doors here in the worship center. Um, Sometimes I think there's too many. Two, uh, four, six, eight. There's ten doors. I've never counted them. There's ten ways out of the worship center. Um, And in our lives we there are many doors because a door what is it what does a door do well we said a door protects but uh, other than that a door provides a way because if you go out a certain door you're going to go a certain way and in life there's many ways in other words there's many many doors but there's only one way there's many doors you have many choices in life What and we have career choices we have restaurant choices but also we have choices that really affect the direction of our life and in that way Jesus says I am the door in other words this is what he's saying this is the second thing the, the do- he is the door and the door is the way Jesus says, I am the door and he's saying I am the way the and he, there is only one way Jesus actually says, I am the way to the Father. No man gets to the Father except which way? Jesus says, except through me. Now, there's another thought in, in our world today um, that is a more uh, inclusive thought. That is that uh, it's a statement that you'll hear people say, well, all roads lead to heaven. Uh, that, that, that there is enough similarity between Christianity and Islam and Buddhism. There's some principles in these other religions that, that in, in essence, you just call your God different names. But in, if you just do these good things, you all get somewhere that's the same. All roads eventually lead to heaven. And that, and that is to think that what makes them similar is more important than what makes them different. When it comes to religion, you have to start with Christianity because Christianity, I think, is the only one that has a claim of, of, of the Christ, of, of God becoming man, providing this kind of way. And what we find is, is that Christianity really can hold its own over the test of time and, over the, and, and the evidence uh, is so substantial that Christianity is true. And we're not here to talk about all that today. But there's this thought that, that you can live your life and just, and at the end of the day, we're, we'll all end up okay. Well, that's unfortunately not true. Jesus also said, Wide is the gate that leads to destruction, but narrow is the road that leads to life. Jesus says, I'm the door. In other words, I am the way. I am the way. Um, In John 14, Jesus says it in in a different way. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So when Jesus says, I am the door, I want you to know that Jesus is the only way. He is the only way to salvation. He's the only way to eternity in heaven. He is the only way. Now there are many, 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 many other doors and all of those other doors, there's many, that all roads lead to one place too. That is true. All roads lead to destruction but there's one door that leads to life. Jesus is the door. He says, I am the way the truth, and the life. Now, they would have heard this even in a more deep and meaningful way at the time Jesus said this. Because uh, in their day, they had uh, the temple. And the temple was the, the permanent fixture of what we read about in the Old Testament of the tabernacle. Now, we, we talked about the Feast of Tabernacles, which are, t- tabernacle means dwelling. Well, uh, they built for God, and when they wandered in the wilderness, a, like a tent-like structure called the tabernacle that one day they made a permanent place that was the temple. The tabernacle was re- considered like the house of God, and some people liken it to the thought of church. That you build a church, you worship God here. Well, the tabernacle was this special place uh, where once a year on the Day of Atonement, uh, the high priest would go in and and make an ultimate sacrifice to help cover the sins of, of, of the people for the year. And they would, they would make various sacrifices in the tabernacle. And the tabernacle has all of this very significant things in it. There's different rooms. There's different pieces of furniture. And when you enter in through the tabernacle, you first enter in through this, the first door. And that first door leads into the, what's called the outer court. When you go into the outer court, the first thing you see is what's called the brazen altar. The brazen altar is where they would offer sacrifices from the people to, help to cover sin. And then after the brazen altar, there would be this laver, which was a bowl of water that then the priest would cleanse himself. And, and, and it would be this cleansing ceremony of, uh, of washing. And then they enter in through another door into the inner courts. And here there is this there is this candlelight in the, in, to the left, and then there is the, the showbread, or the bread of the presence to the right. And then there's another door that goes into the Holy of Holies. And this is where it is said that the Shekinah glory lived. In other words, the, the, the real and tangible presence of God. And that if you had any sin, if you hadn't gone through this process of sacrifice and washing before you enter, that they believed that you would die in the presence of God because that is how intense it was. Intense. No pun intended. The tabernacle was temporary. tent. Okay. Uh, I, I stumbled into that one, actually. That's pretty good. So there's three doors in the tabernacle. You know what they call these doors? Called it the way gate, the truth gate, and the life gate. The way gate led into the outer court with the brazen altar for sacrifice and cleansing of water. And then the, the truth gate led into that inner court where there was candlelight and bread. Jesus said, I am the bread, and Jesus said, I am the light. And then there's another gate called the life gate, which, which would then enter into the holy of holies. now the tabernacle shows God's presence with his people and God wanted to dwell with his people remember tabernacle means dwelling place he wanted to have relationship with people God is not a distant God he's not aloof he wants to be with us and just as the tabernacle was at the center of of the camp and all the Israelite families would camp around the tabernacle when they would wander in the wilderness, God wants to tabernacle or he wants to live in the center of our lives. And, and that is the place he deserves and our lives should be spent facing him, living in his presence every day. The tabernacle shows, also shows God's justice and mercy. It reminds us that sin must be punished that God is a holy God, and at the same time, he always makes a way in the Ark of the Covenant itself and had the mercy seat on it. It's God's holiness, and he did not reject people. Rather, he, he shows us the way back to him. I am the door, Jesus says. So in other words, this, this ancient tabernacle from the Old Testament, it points us to Jesus, and as you study the tabernacle, uh, you know, I've been amazed that God designed it so that every single thing in the tabernacle points to Jesus. Jesus does it all. He is the answer to the problem of sin. He fulfills all the roles of the things in the tabernacle, and even really, and even so much more. If you start outside the tabernacle and approach God, you meet Jesus Every step of the way, through every gate, through the way, the truth, and the life gate, you you meet Jesus there. The gate is Jesus. He is the only way. And we must admit there there is no other path of salvation. The altar, the brazen altar, is Jesus. His sacrifice alone makes us justified before God. And we must place our faith in him alone. The laver, where they would wash themselves with water, it's Jesus. Only through him can we be cleansed of our sin and receive forgiveness. We should come daily to him and confess. The lampstand, it's Jesus. He's the light of the world. And he lights the way to God. And we should be led by his light. We should walk in his light and shine that light to others as well. The table of showbread is Jesus. He said, I am the bread of life. He is the bread of life and satisfies all spiritual hunger. The table of showbread is Jesus. We should come to him and be filled and not to the world. And then you enter into the next, and the altar of incense its Jesus. He is our our intercessor bringing our prayers and petitions to the Father. The high priest is Jesus mediating between us and God. The blood of atonement is Jesus' own blood. And get this, when Jesus died on the cross that we will celebrate here in a few weeks, the veil was torn in two. In other words, the veil that separated people from the presence of God in the tabernacle was torn in two. When Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me. Well, guess what? All this stuff that used to separate you from God, I'm going to fulfill. I'll be the sacrifice. I'll be the cleanser. I'll be the light. I'll be the bread. And, the, and then that last veil, I'll tear it in two. And now, through Jesus, you can have complete access to the Father. So, so in conclusion, it is how awesome to see how the Old Testament tabernacle points us to Jesus. And He even says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the three doors. All of this because He is the way, He is the truth, He is the life. No one comes to the Father except through Him. He is the door. Isn't that amazing? Because of Jesus' work on the cross, not only can you come near to God, but He comes near to you. Now, um, remember, tabernacle. Remember what it means? The dwelling place of God. Well, where does God dwell now? Now He chooses to dwell in your heart. If you choose to come to him, the Holy Spirit lives in you, and Jesus said it is better for him to go that his Holy Spirit can come, taking residence in our hearts, the hearts of believers, and his glory shines through you. He leads you. He reconciles people to himself through you, and we are to be a holy place for him to dwell and to turn others to lead and lead others to him as well. All of this because Jesus is the door. He's the way. The door is protection. The door is the way because the door is salvation. The door is salvation. Jesus said in John 9, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And will go in and out and find pasture. A couple things. Jesus said, if anyone, if anyone comes, they will be saved. And it always breaks my heart when I hear people that say, but you can't save me. Because you don't know what I've done. You don't know my life. He can't save me. No, no, no. Jesus said, if anyone comes and enters through this door, and I am the door, he will be, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. You know what happens when you, we enter through the door and Jesus says, I am the door. You find what you've been looking for you'll find what you've been looking for people are searching with their lives to satisfy some desire within them to maybe for significance identity to be loved to be respected whatever it is, people are searching for something, Jesus I'm the door if you'll come to me through this door you'll find what you're looking for You can come in and out and find pasture. It will fill you. It will nourish you. You'll find what you're looking for. Just come through the door. This door is salvation. The thief comes only to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. But I came so that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus says, I am the door, and this door is salvation. All other doors, all other paths of life lead to destruction, eternal punishment. But if you go through my door, I took the punishment for you, therefore you get life and abundantly. So this door of salvation, it leads to a life of eternity in heaven. There's only one door that you can get that from. And Jesus is the door. Enter in through the door of salvation and find what you've been looking for. Would you stand with me this morning as we prepare to close? And We introduce a new song today that I think is so fitting for this Easter season that we're in. It speaks to a lot of the things that we talked to today and we're going to, one last time, we're going to sing that song, but, but maybe you're here today. You need to choose a new direction in your life. You need to choose the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is that door. Jesus is the way. And maybe you feel like you've lived your life long enough, unprotected, unprotected, susceptible to struggle, we all will struggle, but you're susceptible to real attack, terror in your mind because you can't rest at night because you don't have a protector. You need to put a door on your house. You can put a door on that house today by just asking Jesus to be the door, to be the savior, the Lord of your life, because he was the sacrifice, he's the cleanser, he's the light of the world, he's the bread of life, and he tore the veil. And now you have full access to the Father, eternal life in heaven, if you just place your faith and trust in Jesus. Would you bow your heads with me today? If you're here today and you say, Pastor Devin, I, I need that kind of security in my life. I need that the assurance Of finding the true way the only way that leads to salvation and redemption and deliverance the eternal eternity in heaven instead of destruction I need that way if that's you today in a moment I'm just gonna pray and I want you to just pray with me you can pray in the quietness of your own heart this is this is a prayer more than a prayer this is a decision that I'm going to turn from my current way and I'm going to enter in through the door. The door of salvation, the door of protection. The door that is the way and the truth and the life. And if that's you today, you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you want to follow him. You may not have all the answers to all your questions, but you're just willing to take the journey to ask the question and to discover him more and more but that has to start by just placing your faith and saying I'm ready to take the next step thus you just pray a prayer simply like this Father I recognize that I've got a lot of failures in my life I've built up just a plethora of consequences I've lived through anxiety and anger and jealousy all of these things I don't want them to control my life anymore and I'm ready to submit my life to you And to follow you. I need a new way. And so I need to go through a new door. And I just place my faith in the fact that you said that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And I want to enter into that door today. Would you be the Lord of my life? Forgive me of of all of my past mistakes and struggles and sin. Make me new. Cleanse me. Wash me so I can be made new. Help me, Lord, with the doubts. and Help me with the questions. But I'm ready to start this new life with you, in Jesus' name, amen. The Bible says if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you said a prayer like that today in your own heart, you meant that, you just got a brand new life today. You just got a brand new life. Can we celebrate with those today that you just got a brand new life today and all of heaven rejoices with you. So now, church, come on, can we remember and reflect on this season as we're getting closer and closer to Easter of what God did to provide this way? Let's lift our voices and sing together. Can we do that? One last time. We're going to just lift our voice. We're going to sing. We're going to worship the king, the provider of the way. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. We're so grateful. We're so thankful that you came and you shed that blood